0: got emergency surgery and antibiotics half your work done by your team of robotics till you've confessed you're depressed and distressed and depressed what's the matter with you you can travel through the sky sitting down in a chair get a drink eat a meal and there's wi-fi up there but at the slightest delay you complain like it's the end of the world so why aren't you happy now? Why aren't you with all? You've been civilized. Your mother and a home Kids a child's cat You're working seven days a week Just to keep them there You've been promised all your free time When you're retired You're the pie for the fire Of incessant growth Where any movement's advancement Or progress or both You're like a falling man Who insists he's flying So well, I But in can't be long till you're retiring Scratching on the walls till your time is up One last up at the poison cup Take, Take me, me back, back to the simple life, to life When we surrender to being alive We live be. In a world of abundance Our lives were a dream We had all we needed, Happy in our tribe Surrounded by beauty The year can't describe The trees gave us everything We worship the sun you
1: Hello everybody from the land of smiles and sand flies and mosquitoes and heat rash. Just remember, paradise ain't all it's cracked up to be. This episode is brought to you by OMG Yes, They're Awesome. It's a website, you uh, buy a membership and you've got endless access to all their information about sexuality, female sexual pleasure... How the body works, how the mind and the body interact, and how you can make them interact better. Uh here's an email from someone. Uh probably doesn't want me to use his name. I don't know. But anyway, it was a really nice email. And at the end he says, anyway, I'll close by thanking you for the OMGS yes recommendation. I got it, and that is a gold mine. I considered myself better than competent on the sexual front, but as soon as I saw those lessons, I was like, oh yeah, I've been missing a major part of how this works. It was immediately obvious how much I had been over-focusing on certain aspects. Perhaps you get my meaning. Yeah, I get your meaning. Sexuality is easy to get confused with because men make the assumption that women think like men and women make the assumption that men think like women. And of course we don't. In fact, not all men think like men and not all women think like women. So there's another level of complication to think about. Um, And we imagine that uh, we're all responding to things in the way that the subject, the person uh, is responding, the observer is responding to things, and that's just not true. And in fact, sometimes we respond to things in ways that we don't understand. So how the hell is anyone else going to understand it? The point is, it's an endlessly fascinating and complex, nuanced topic. And omgyes.com com examines these issues with intelligence and depth and nuance and subtlety and humor and uh definitely recommend it if you use if you go to com forward slash chris ryan you get 10 percent off your membership which is a pretty darn good deal all right this roma is about a lot of different things that i've been pondering recently um, I promised some people on Reddit <clears throat> that I would address a subject that came up there. Somebody wrote it in, and of course, it's all anonymous on Reddit. So I don't know if it was a, a guy or a woman who it was, but uh, I imagine it was a young guy. And he said, has anyone else gotten the feeling that Chris has kind of gone off the deep end lately as far as, uh, you know, the sky is falling, the world's about to end? Because my feeling, and I'm paraphrasing this guy, of course, um, I would read it, but I don't have internet where I'm recording this. It's all very complicated. Um, I have to like record this in my bungalow and then go out to the cafe area to upload it because there's no internet in the bungalow and I can't record in the cafe area, so... Hence the confusion. Anyway, if you want to engage in this conversation uh, and you're on the Reddit subreddit for Tangentially Speaking, the subject title is Cognitively Distorting. Uh, And I I do have, let's see, I was just looking at it and actually it's saved here so I can read some of it. Uh, It seems to me that Chris's, quote, society is collapsing, unquote, tone has shifted into a state of distortion lately. Um, Media-driven cognitive distortion playing out in many of my friends and sometimes myself. I could be wrong about this, but this is what I'm perceiving. Bad things are always happening, along with good things and everything in between. We're living in a time when powerful algorithms are selecting for and amplifying the bad things, so much that it seems like we're living through unrelenting catastrophe. I don't think we are. I think any era could easily be seen through the same negatively biased lens. It's a matter of the extent to which the negative is emphasized and the positive is downplayed or ignored. Chris, and many of us, seems to be very online in terms of news consumption, and he already holds a worldview that sees modern society as a shitstorm, heading toward the fan. I'm not denying that it is a shitstorm in many ways, nor am I denying that bad shit happens every day. I just think it's a fine line between accurately perceiving the full spectrum of what's happening in the world and having one's perceptions distorted to the point of affecting one's mental health. And then he goes on and gives some examples. So as you can hear, this is a very intelligent person, and he's making uh, a good point. Uh, the user's name is Isaac Dust, so I assume it is a dude. Um, and I guess what you know, I, I said on the Reddit thing, I'll, I'll address this in aroma because it's easier to talk about it than to to write about it. I I think he's right um, that bad shit is always happening. And he's certainly right that we live in a time where algorithms are not only selecting, you know, bad shit because it's clickbait and it gets people excited. They share it, they retweet it, whatever, and you know that feeds into the the monster um, that needs to be fed. But um, you know, it not only amplifies that signal, it also creates that signal because the more people get upset, the more leverage there is for um, bad actors to try to sell some snake oil in the form of, um, you know, whatever kind of bullshit fake spiritual enlightenment or supplements or, um, you know, a special diet or exercise program or an ayahuasca retreat. Not that all ayahuasca retreats are bad. Obviously I'm a fan of ayahuasca, but the the point is that this, the creation of this panic, this sort of overwhelming sense of panic opens up the door for all sorts of nefarious commercial interests. So uh, it's in their interest to promote this as well as the algorithm. So I'm down with that. I agree with that. And, you know, I've been a – I mean, fuck, my undergraduate thesis back at Hobart in 1983 was all about the evils of advertising and how um, the sort of industrial advertising complex creates a reality that in turn – cultivates a certain kind of consciousness in the consumer uh, that then feeds back into the commercial interests of the advertising industrial complex. And it's all fa- it's all based on lies, right? Like um, halitosis is a fancy medical term for bad breath, which didn't exist until an advertising agency came up with it in order to sell Listerine, which... You know, so it creates the problem, medicalizes it, and all as a way of packaging and selling a supposed response to this problem. Uh, This is something I wrote about in Civilized to Death. I've been writing about it as long as I could write, I guess. So I definitely agree with Isaac Dust's um, thesis. However, I do think that there is something uniquely um, horrible about the moment that we're living in. And I'm old enough to be able to compare this era to many eras that I lived through, right? So that doesn't mean that people older than you are always right or necessarily know more. I'm just saying that when it comes to something like this, where the argument is, oh, it's always been like this. Older people have more perspective to say, actually, no. Actually, there are some things, you know, that that people always say, oh, it was better when I was young. Yeah, that's true. People probably always do that. Um, But in some cases, it really was better when they were young. Um, somebody who, who responded to this, and there are like 40 responses, so it's a pretty vigorous ongoing conversation. And I, like I say, I encourage you to to engage and throw in your two cents on this. Um, somebody talked about how he was hanging out with a buddy. Uh, you know, I guess they're in their 40s or something, and they're sitting on the back porch having a beer, and one of them was like, Hey, where are all the fireflies? And the other guy's like, yeah, that's true Normally in the summer, when we were kids There would be a million fireflies out here This time of day and Like, yeah, where'd they all go? And then a couple years later He read an article about the great insect die-off And how, depending on the species 40-70% to 70% of the insects are gone They're gone Where'd they all go? They're dead They're gone Monarch butterflies Gone Many species of amphibians, gone. You don't hear the frogs croaking. And that's just when I was a kid. That's just, what, 50 years ago. Gone. Not to mention the fish in the ocean. Gone. Now, you can say, well, okay, but there's been species depletion going on for a long time. Uh, And that's true, but... It's accelerated exponentially in the last couple of decades. And there have been great extinctions in the past. I think five when meteors hit the Earth or massive volcanoes exploded and covered the Earth in ash and the vast majority of the species went extinct in a matter of weeks. Um, Yeah, that's happened in the past. But if we're comparing what's happening now to those events, then holy fuck, okay? This isn't just a generational thing. This is like a holy fuck thing. And that's not the only metric. That's the problem, right? If if you said, well... You know, OK, when I was a kid, everyone was worried about nuclear winter, that the Soviet Union had all these nuclear missiles pointed at the U.S. and we had missiles pointed at them and one mistake and they're all going to launch and the whole fucking planet's going to be covered in radioactive fucking dust. And holy cow, that was bad. No doubt that was bad. But that was one thing. That was one piece of shit headed toward the fan potentially going to hit it and splatter everything that was one now we've got species extinction we've got sea level that could go up as much as they're talking about 30 feet in the next five or ten years if this ice shelf that i talked about an episode or two back disintegrates which it is in the process of doing You're talking about Miami underwater, Florida, all of Florida underwater. You're talking about Bangladesh, 100 million people either dead or desperately streaming into Myanmar, China and India on their borders. You're talking about probably half the islands in Indonesia, thousands of islands going underwater. You're talking about I don't know how many islands in the Pacific. You're talking about the San Francisco Bay Area. You're talking about the Mediterranean. You're talking about massive cities all over the world being literally inundated. Then you've got COVID. Okay, COVID seems like with this Omicron thing, it's sort of starting to fade out. It's not a big deal. It's Unless you're very unhealthy, it seems like this latest version isn't really going to fuck you up. And by the way, I've changed my um, position on masking <clears throat> at this point. I still believe that at the time that last time I talked about this, it was important and consider it. And, uh, but at this point, it's starting to feel like, what the hell? Unless you're extremely vulnerable and can't get vaccinated for some reason. I don't really see the point. But that's another topic. Um, but you've got that, you've got political collapse in the United States where you've got one party saying, we're going to steal the next election. See if you can stop us. And the other party stumbling around drunkenly, incompetently, unable to do anything about it. Um, there's a lot of shit going on. There are a lot of different turds flying toward our collective fans. So I think that's the difference, okay? The the underlying argument, something there's always been something bad happening, there's always been something good happening, and technology is just directing us toward the negative now. Yes, I agree, but I also think that there is much, much, much more life-threatening, civilizational-threatening stuff going on than certainly in my lifetime, and I would say um, quite possibly since the dawn of civilization. Um, of course, it depends on where you are, right? If you were a North American native when the Europeans arrived and smallpox spread throughout the Americas, killing 80% of the people alive, that would have been a, an extinct, extinction level event from your perspective. But it wasn't a global event. And, uh, so as I argue, argued in Civilized to Death, yes, every civilization has collapsed, but those have all been regional collapses. There's been hinterlands to wander off into um, when shit went down in Tikal or uh, in Peru or in ancient Greece or Mesopotamia. There were places to flee into Um, that weren't affected by that collapse, there won't be anywhere to flee into in the next one. And that's what's really frightening. Now, having said all that, there's another layer to this. I've been thinking about the expression, um, it's always darkest before the dawn. And of course, being a literal minded guy, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, that's not really true. It's not really darkest before the dawn, because just before the dawn, the sun's already coming up. So you have sort of a, you know, a dusk situation, an anti-dusk. So the sun's just below the horizon, so it's not darkest. And then there's the question of the moon. I mean, it depends what phase the moon is in. I remember... First time I went to Death Valley, my buddy Doug said, okay, we should go a week after the full moon in November. That's the time to go. And he had been there a bunch of times. And the reason was that a week after the full moon, the first, I don't know, three or four hours after sunset, there's no moon. So you get a lot, you get intense darkness, uh, which is really cool in Death Valley. You get all the stars. Uh, and then the moon comes up at you know midnight or whatever it is. And then you get moonlight. So that's really cool. Um, so in that case, it's darkest six hours before the dawn. So when someone says it's always darkest before the dawn, just tell them to fuck off. That's bullshit. Um, but anyway, the, the point of the expression is things get worse before they get better. Things don't start to get better until they're really fucking bad. It's like the the thing that you know they say in addiction treatment programs like the person has to hit rock bottom. They have to lose their job. They have to lose their marriage. They have to lose everything. They have to their life has to be in a state of total 100% collapse before they will be motivated enough to make radical changes in the way they live. And that's what is necessary when you've built your identity around an addiction whether it be alcohol or methamphetamines or heroin or dare i say it capitalism will we and this is what frustrates me when when i read this stuff about you know oh there's another fucking conference where the world leaders got together and made a bunch of promises that nobody intends to keep about how they're going to cut carbon emissions and then Three years later, we look at it and, oh, carbon emissions have actually gone up. There's a motorcycle driving by my room as I say that. Perfect. On cue. Thank you. Uh, Carbon emissions are going up. They're not going down. And I I saw this chart somebody posted the other day of like, here's what has to happen for us to avoid. I think it was 1.5 degree Celsius increase. And here's what is happening. And the chart is like all these lines just going steadily up. And then the line of what has to happen in, you know, this year turns directly down, vertically down, way down, and then sort of levels off. It's not happening. It's just not happening. So every time I read these articles, it's never, it's not too late. Well, sometimes it is too late. Sometimes it is. And I've been hearing about how we were approaching the point of no return for a good 20 years now. So when the fuck do we pass the point of no return? I think we've already passed it. But the bias is you got to be optimistic. Everyone says, well, I'm an optimist. You know, you always got to have hope. Do you? Do you really need to have hope? What's hope do? Hope keeps you at the fucking casino while you're losing all your money. When you should have left a long time ago. Hope is the... What's it called? The uh, sunk cost bias. It's where someone who has already lost a bunch of money is much more reluctant to save whatever's left. So you own a stock and it's plummeting. You own Bitcoin. It's dropping like a stone. You don't want to sell now. They don't want to sell now. They would have sold when it was at 60. But now it's at 40. Well, now I'm not going to sell. I'm going to wait for it to go back up. What if it doesn't go back up? What if the fundamentals are the whole thing's a fucking house of cards and it's collapsing? Then you'd be much smarter to get whatever you can get than lose everything while you're waiting for it to go back up. But that's what people do psychologically. Sometimes that makes sense, but that's not why they do it. They do it because to sell... Means to acknowledge that you've already lost all that. Whereas to hold means you don't need to, to emotionally acknowledge that you've lost. And it's the same thing with gambling, right? That's how casinos make so much money. Oh, you're down? Well, your luck's going to change. Just stay at the table. Have another drink. Your luck's going to change, buddy. And that guy won't get up and walk away from the table till. He's lost everything, including his watch and his wedding ring. That's when he'll get up and walk away from the table. So if things need to get worse before they get better, if things need to collapse totally before we'll be ready to seriously consider an alternative, a radically different approach to life, then the closer we get to total collapse, the closer we are to improvement, right? That gambler who is not going to get up from the table until he's lost everything, if what we're aiming for is to get that guy up from the table, then fucking lose it all, dude. Just put it all out there, lose it all, get it over with, and let's move on with recovery, So in that sense, that's why I often say like I'm an optimist wrapped up in a pessimist package with optimism on top wrapped up. It's like I I don't know if I'm an optimist or a pessimist because I kind of feel like the worst things are the better they the closer they are to getting better. You know what I mean? And when things seem like they're getting marginally better, it kind of bums me out because I feel like what we really need is for things to get so bad that we change the way we do things. It's like that. It's like if you're in a, a relationship that you know you need to leave, then you kind of want it to get so bad that you have the courage to leave. Whereas if you have a good day, then it's like, oh, shit. Now I got to stick around because today was a good day. So you see where I'm going with this. The worse things get, the closer they are to getting better. So I don't really know what's good and what's bad. Uh, I mean, if the United States Postal Service were doing a really good job, would FedEx have ever existed? And similarly... If the Democrats were able to pass voting reform and kind of keep democracy moving along a little longer in the U.S., or at least this thing that kind of looks like democracy, is that better? Because this thing that looks like democracy is fucked. Like we're all like, you know, I and people who think like me are getting all riled up because it looks like american democracy is essentially over the democrats have clearly said we are going to steal the next election you we tried to steal the last one you haven't put anyone important in prison all you're doing is you know giving little minor jail sentences to the small people who were walking around in the capitol but Trump and Roger Stone and all the organizers—you subpoena them. The congressional committee subpoenas them. They say no, and nothing happens. Um, Mansion and Cinema, these two fake Democrats—they're they're, but they're all fake Democrats. If Mansion and Cinema said yes, someone else would say no. Some other quote Democrat would say, oh, no, I think we need to keep the filibuster because, you know, Exxon pays my bills and Exxon wants to keep the filibuster or the coal companies or the big pharma companies that are paying Kirsten Cinema. It's all corrupt. It's all bullshit. Nancy Pelosi, they said to her recently, uh, you know, somebody tried to introduce a bill saying people in Congress shouldn't be trading stocks. Now, that seems fucking obvious as hell. Right? You're making the laws that affect these companies. You're assigning the people who are regulating supposedly these companies well, how the fuck can you own stock in these companies? That doesn't make sense. Of course you're going to do things that make the stock go up. Of course you're going to be beholden to the board of directors. You're probably on the fucking board of directors of some of these companies. It's totally... You're not supposed to be able to buy and sell stocks on insider information if you're a, a broker on Wall Street if you're fucking sitting in Congress you're getting inside information before anybody else you are creating the inside information and yet you're allowed to buy and sell stocks that's that's fucking crazy but when someone asked Nancy Pelosi about it she said well it's a free economy people should be able to do what they want to do gerrymandering They draw districts that exclude people from the other party. That's why Congress has gotten so rigid and unable to do anything, because nobody's worried about getting voted out. They they can only be primaried out. So that makes them more extreme. Those of you who aren't American, I apologize for this. Um, Although I know that even Australians and Canadians and Brits are following what's going on in the United States because it's likely to affect you. I'm really sorry about that because I know you guys are... Well, except for the Brits. You guys are probably doing a better job of this than we are. The Brits are practically as bad. But in any case, my point is that this thing that I get so agitated about seeing the end of, it sucks. It's bullshit. Between the gerrymandering the way the Senate works, where you've got four senators from North and South Dakota, four from North and South, and two more from Wyoming, where nobody fucking lives. I probably have more listeners in Mongolia than I do in Wyoming right now. There's nobody there. A bunch of fucking cowboys and millionaires living in their ski chalets in Wyoming, not in North or South Dakota and California has 2 senators. That's not representative democracy. That's that was a deal that was made to convince some slaveholding states to agree to allow these other territories into the United States Union back in the 1860s or 50s. It's totally outdated. The Constitution is outdated and The people who wrote the Constitution were aware of the fact that it needed to be a living document. It needed to be revised. It needed to be updated as conditions changed. But like the Old Testament, it became this holy scripture that nobody could change. We didn't have a good process for changing it. We add some amendments, but only to make things easier for uh, corporate power to take over. So anyway, I keep I keep wandering away from my main point. My main point is you've got one party that says we're going to tear this down, and another party that says, well, we kind of like want to preserve it the way it is, and you've got the people looking at this and saying, uh, I can't tell who's worse: the people who want to preserve this decrepit building termite-infested, windows falling out, the toilets backing up. Nobody's doing anything to really fix it. Nobody's doing anything to make this a decent place to live. But you got one party that says, no, leave it alone, and another, another party that says, tear the fucking thing down, and the people who are trying to live in it are like, I don't know what's worse. And that's why you've got half the people in the United States don't even vote. Because nobody's representing their interests. The Democrats don't represent most people. The Democrats represent... Rich people who went to Ivy League schools and have somewhat liberal views on things. And the Republicans represent rich people who didn't go to Ivy League schools and say, fuck everybody. Uh, I don't really know who's worse. The Democrats are corrupt. The Republicans are corrupt. Bernie Sanders won the primary in Iowa, which traditionally is a launching pad. It gets you lots of press, lots of... Articles about sea changes and the new way of thinking and all this. So Bernie Sanders won in Iowa. And what happened? The Democrats said, oh, well, something went wrong with the voting machines and we're not really sure who won. It's going to take us a few days to figure this out. And then they went on to New Hampshire and and some other states and then they went and then they came back and they said, oh, by the way, yeah, Bernie, Bernie won in Iowa. But, um, yeah, sorry, it took us some time to to uh, confirm that, thereby completely negating the normal bump that he would have gotten that every other candidate that's won Iowa has gotten. They they fuck they fucked Bernie twice now. And when they fuck Bernie, they fuck everybody who believed in change. They fucked all those enthusiastic young people who were out there supporting him. They fuck hope. And so I'm at the point where it's like, I don't know. I don't know what's worse, a collapse into fascism or a continuation of this kind of crypto fascism that we've been living with for the last since the 80s, since Reagan. I don't know what's worse. So I don't know if I'm a optimist or a pessimist. I don't know if this represents hope for the future. I don't know if, if I'm praying for collapse or preservation. <laughs> I don't fucking know. So I, I don't know if I'm, if, if I don't know. So anyway, that's my response to uh, Isaac Dust and that line of argument. <laughs> For what it's worth. Uh, the song that I started this off with is called Civilized to Death. It's a song written by Jack Stafford. Uh, Jack does this podcast called Pod Songs. He had me on there a while ago. And basically, what he does is he has a guest on, he, he has the sort of normal conversation, you know, interview format. And then Jack goes and he writes a song based on either the person's work or the conversation that they had or whatever. And then he releases the podcast together with the song. It's fucking awesome. He's a great songwriter. Um, So I really encourage you to check that out. Um, You'll find me in the archive somewhere. I think he released our episode maybe four or five months ago. And I really, I want to have Jack on this podcast, um, but since I'm sort of not doing these remote interviews anymore, uh, when I can avoid them, I will. Jack has been added to my list. I have a Google map of the world, and I just sort of, um, I have lists of people in different places. So when when I'm going somewhere, I pull up that map, and I see who is in that area that I've added to the list in the past. So... Um, I can try to track people down And, and interview them Jack lives in Italy um, And he's about to have a kid So he's not going to be traveling soon Hey Jack um, But I would love to have him on the podcast He's a really interesting cat He traveled all around Europe Playing like private concerts In exchange for being able to sleep On somebody's sofa uh, Which seems like a really interesting way To, to see the world uh, Also I want to give a shout out To my man Michael in Oakland, who snapped his Achilles tendon playing basketball, Michael, uh, what's his last name, Venicio Vin or something? It's one of those Italian names. He's the guy at Ponderosa Woodworks, or is it Ponderosa Pineworks? Jesus, I'm a mess. I don't know what the fuck. But he's the guy uh, who I had on here, the arborist. Um, super good guy, good friend of mine, and I should know his Twitter handle or his um, Instagram, Um, Ponderosa Millworks, I think is what it is. Anyway, Michael's laid up for a couple of months while his Achilles tendon heals. And you know, when I think about being laid up for a couple of months, it sounds kind of luxurious to me. It sounds like uh, pretty much what I'm doing most of the time. So it's not a big deal. I just get a hammock and I lie back and listen to some podcasts and read some books and, you know, watch some movies. Um, but Michael's not that kind of guy. Michael's a guy who likes to move, get shit done, cut up, cut down some trees, cut them down, cut them up. Uh, he's a mover and a shaker. So no doubt Michael is suffering with all this uh, luxurious relaxation. So, Michael, sending you lots of love. All right, I'm going to end this. Uh, What am I going to play? I'm going to play a tune that I love. I've loved since I was a kid. And I don't know. It might strike you as kind of cheesy. It's definitely out of cheese. There's a cheese quotient to it. But cheese is good. It's Gordon Lightfoot, who's got one of the greatest voices ever. One of our beloved Canadian brothers. And the song is... About memory, about people he's loved in his past, who he's thinking about now. Um, It's the kind of song that resonates with a guy pushing 60, as I am. It's called Carefree Highway. Hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out omgs.com forward slash Chris Ryan. Get 10% off. And uh, you can answer all your questions about sexuality, female pleasure. They've got a new season out now. I believe it's already out. If not, it's about to be, which is about sex toys. I went in there and I looked at, there's a section on squirting. And because uh, that's one of the questions that people always ask me, like, what's going on with that? Is that real? Is it pee? Does do all women do it? Can all women do it? I mean, does it feel good? Is it a super orgasm or is it just a sort of a byproduct? What's going on? And uh, I spent uh, 45 minutes watching some videos, reading some stuff. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what I learned. I'm encouraging you to go and find it yourself because they explain it much better than I can. Um, omgs.com forward slash Chris Ryan for 10% off. This is Gordon Lightfoot. No one has ever made that segue before from squirting to Gordon Lightfoot. I'm sure of it. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.
2: The pieces of my sweet shadow
1: dream I wonder
2: how the old folks are tonight Her name was Ann and I'll be damned If I recall her face She left me not knowing what to do every highway Let me slip away on you every highway Seen better days, the morning after blues, from my head down to my shoes. Every highway, let me slip away, slip away on you. The thing that I call living is just being satisfied with knowing I got Away on you. Searching through the fragments of my dream shattered sleep, I wonder if the years have closed your mind. I guess it must be wanderlust or trying to get free. The good old faithful feeling we once knew Carefree highway Let me slip away on you Carefree highway You've seen the better days The morning after blues And my head down to my shoes Carefree highway Let me slip away Slip away on you me slip away on you Carefree highway I got to see you My old friend Carefree highway you seen better days The morning after blue From my head down to my shoe Carefree highway me slip away Slip away on you